podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Andrew McCart, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. I'm here with Ben Davidson himself. What a weekend it was. Well, two, two days ago. What a Saturday night it was. Um, Josh Taylor became undisputed. Super lightweight. I was going to say heavyweight champion. Super lightweight <laughs> champion uh, of the world there. I mean... He's heavyweight now. He's heavyweight now. He will be after them pizzas anyway. So, yeah, just just reflect on that night and uh, how happy you are the camp was and obviously the accomplishment, the accomplishment that Josh achieved there. Yeah, I, I, I sort of said to everyone before getting into the fight that um, like people that was in the hotel and in the bubble that was asking like... This was mostly the night before the weigh-in. And I said to him that unless something dramatic happened tonight, like preparation had gone extremely well. Um, and that was the case. Camp went very well. Preparation was very good. Um, I, w- I was very happy with everything. Josh was happy with everything. Um, Dan was happy with everything. So, yeah, preparation was... Um, no complaints there whatsoever fight week obviously a bit of controversy and whatnot. but um, as Josh said it was all part of the plan because we had said all along we was going to look to use Ramirez's aggression against him and so Josh you know tried to get him a bit riled up to to make him force things and um, in moments I felt like that worked I know you had a, a game plan in place and stuff like that and you and Lee Wiley, you work hard on analysis and watching the way the fighter moves and stuff like that to try and capitalise on their mistakes and stuff like that. So was the game plan fulfilled 100% in that f- fight there or was there moments in that fight where you went, oh no, Josh, please uh, just stick to the game plan? Yeah, like there's moments that Josh can get drawn into situations or scenarios. There was times when we wanted him to, to mix it up and let Ramirez know that inside Josh, actually up close, is the better fighter. Mm. Um, but it was about how he got to that distance um, and how he exited that distance. Um, and the moments that those moments happened in um, were down Josh's terms, for example. There was moments where Josh went away from what we wanted him to do, but... You know, it's a fight and it's two men in there. And I did say this before, that it's un- an undisputed level fight. So both men are going to have their success. Like, it, you'd be stupid to say it was going to be a completely one-sided fight and we could do whatever we wanted to do. We knew that there was going to be moments that Ramirez had his moments and and looked on top and there was going to be moments vice versa. So, but the fundamentals and principles that that we wanted from Josh... You know, we saw for for the majority of the fight, and, and that's what got him the victory. Talk to me about the, the scorecards, the one fourteen, one twelve. A lot of people are saying that that's, that's ridiculous with the two knockdowns in the fight as well from Josh. And just your thoughts when one fourteen was written, read out first, and what was going through your head? Yeah, when I heard one fourteen, I thought not again. <laughs> but um, I've watched, sat back and watched it on my phone, though, so it's not the clearest. You know. And early in the morning, rushing about while the lads were getting ready to to fly back. And I tried to score it watching it there, and I had it probably 117, 111, 116, 111, because there was a swing round there that I gave a, an even round, um, a 10 10 round. However, 
it doesn't matter because Josh come out victorious, so it is what it is. Talked about Kenny Bayless then, I mean, the time that he, he gave Ramirez to recover from both knockdowns, I think somebody, i seen it on Twitter, somebody said it was 19 seconds, something, something, and the first one, the second one was 21 seconds. Do you believe that Kenny Bayless gave Ramirez too much time from the knockdown to recover from, obviously, the, hit, the shots that Josh him with? I've got to be completely honest here. There was, obviously, clearly there was a lot of time. However, however, he did say in the changing room that if you come out the neutral corner before I call you out, mm. I will be pushing you back and telling you to go back before. And he actually said that the fighter will then have more time to recover because I'll be busy. Um putting you back to the neutral corner so there is an element of that so I've got to be fair mm-hmm. um, but still I do think there was an element of I think I'm not sure I think it was a second knockdown where he gave the count asked Ramirez to walk to him then asked him Ramirez to walk to him again then turned around then pushed Josh back then turned around then wiped his gloves off whereas the beginning bit should have been done first mm-hmm. got to the count eight count walked towards me brushed his gloves off turned around if Josh is there pushed him back box on but it was a bit to and, to and fro, so, um, yeah, so, you know, there's some things that was a little bit, but there were some things that he did say before before going out there. Do you think that this was, went under the radar, this fight, especially back home with the news outlets and media and stuff like that back home, not really getting behind this fight, per se, because obviously... Apart from the hardcore fans, like Eddie Hearn said in Coogan's interview, that apart from the hardcore boxing sites and fans and stuff like that, this fight wasn't talked about. I mean, undisputed king, the UK has an undisputed, Scotland and the UK has an undisputed champion right now, and the fact that it's not getting the the open top parade and stuff like that talked about, it, it's it's criminal, isn't it? Hopefully now, hopefully now, Josh, Josh gets that. I think he's earned it, he's more than earned it. Um, but to come over here and to fight a proud Mexican like Jose Ramirez in front of the Mexican fans, you know, I'm sure the Me- Mexicans will now be supporters of the, of the Tartan Tornado. Um, and the American fans, after watching that fight, will know who he is. So hopefully it starts to build from there. Um, but it's one of them, isn't it? Like, what can you do? Mm. One of the broadcasters didn't pick it up. We don't want to sit here and focus on negatives after Josh has just achieved what he's achieved definitely um, Josh said it himself not bad for a PT Ben are you yeah boxer size Ben strikes again <laughs> not bad is it? <laughs> is, it, is it not bad at all not bad at all but with that being said there's a lot of people that that uh, have you know helped Josh get to where he's got to I said the same with Tyson you know people were saying oh credit to Ben for bringing him back there's lots of people that played their role in there and the same with Josh's career obviously Terry McCormack, Shane McGuigan, his whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dan done a fantastic job this camp. I know that he's worked with SNC coaches previously, other SNC coaches previously. Um, so, you know, it's a collective thing for someone to finally get to that moment in their career. Um, it's not just, oh, he's over. Yes, of course, that was the moment, the legacy. To, defining moment and the big what it was all built up to um, but you know obviously we prepared him that training camp but there's preparation that has gone in from when he first walked through the doors working with Terry as an amateur mm-hmm. um, when he first started and stopped taekwondo and started boxing so 
Yeah. He's a madman, though, isn't he? Oh, he's absolutely mental. But when you said the worst thing is when you said to him, he's like, Am I? <laughs> really? He thinks you're joking, but. He's... No, he is. I <laughs> know oh, he, he is. is. Um, well, we're here in the Mandalay Bay. Obviously, you, you've been working closely with, with Devin Haney while being out here as well in, in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Just talk to him about that hookup and how's Devin Haney looking against this uh, this fight on Saturday? I mean, Hogan Lanar's former world champion. He's a quality, quality fighter. Even at his age now, he might be 35, 36, I believe. But uh, just talk to him about uh, Devin Haney. Yeah, I've been working with Devin alongside his father. Um, after we met a couple of years ago in the gym, um, stayed in contact and that, and um, it just come about that, that the fights were close and it worked out that we was able to do some work. So done some work for this camp, like I say, alongside his dad. Um, and yeah, Jorge Lenar is like, it just says everything, in my opinion, that Jorge Linares is being looked at I'm not saying it is because it's not, because he's a top quality operator, but it's being looked at as a stepping stone for Devin Haney at mm. 22 years old. That just says it all about Devin's capabilities and skill set and what people think of him. Devin gets through this one on Saturday night against Lernares. I mean, there's, there's going to be more talk about the Lopez fight, the Ryan Garcia fight, Javonte Davis if he comes down from 140. Again, I mean, there's some big, big names. Even Luke Campbell's still there at 135, sorry. Um, I mean, the, the lightweight division right now is packed, stacked, and it's got, like, some... The top five are um, brilliant fighters, and we should see them all fight each other. So, going forward, would you like to see Devin in with these these top guys, uh, like well, who I've just mentioned there? Yeah, obviously, he's his dad's manager, so he'll, be, he'll direct his career in what way he sees fit. Um... Just obviously, however, it'd be great to see the him and Tiafimo Lopez fight to secure an undisputed champion at, at 135 pounds. Um, so yes, I think that's the fight that everybody would want to mm. see at lightweight. I know Ryan Garcia's, you know, had some issues outside the ring that he's dealing with. He's a young man, fantastic skill set. Um, taking some time aside to, to get himself right and God willing he does um, but Devin's a WBC world champion Tiafimo's got the other belts like that's the fight that I would imagine most of the fans would want to see but like I say his dad's directing his career I know there's a crossover paths for that fight to happen of, of um, promotional companies so whether it can happen or not but with all that said like I said Jorge Linares is being looked at as a, as a stepping stone, but he's not. He's a multi-weight world champion and a top-quality operator, so it's, uh, it's a fight that Devin has got to perform in, he will perform in, and when he does perform in, he deserves the credit from. Going with your, your, your relationship, your working relationship with Devin, is this going to be a future thing, or is this just because you're just out in Vegas just now because we know that you're based in, in Harlow and he's obviously based in Vegas for you to keep going over to camps and that might be a little bit difficult but is this going to be a, a thing that's going to happen regular if, if possible with you and Devin Haney? There's not been conversations of, of part, like I say past this weekend because everyone's focused on, on this weekend so that's the focus and deal with the rest of it after that because you know the most important thing is the win and the performance so anything else beyond that doesn't matter because the win's the, the the main focus at the moment, so we'll see. Well, okay, jump on to uh, the heavyweight scene then. Let's get your thoughts on it. Fury, Joshua, it's gone, but we're going to get 
uh, Fury Wilder three in the Allegiant Stadium, which you use outside my bedroom window, not outside your bedroom. You got you got the pool view. Um, yeah, uh, it looks like it might be in their stadium, twenty fourth of July. Just your thoughts on the breakdown of the, the the fight that we all wanted to see, like I told, like said before, the undisputed title, what that means to fighters. I mean, we just seen Josh do it two days ago. It's it's heartbreaking for loads of boxing fans that we can't see this fight, especially in the UK. But talk to me about the breakdown. Talk to me about Wilder Fury three, and obviously it looks like Joshua um, facing his mandatory in Usyk. Yeah, it's one of them. I've seen a bit of talk about from Eddie about, oh, I don't think they ever wanted it. Like, that's nonsense, obviously. I think that everybody just thought that the arbitration, mm-hmm. Wilder wasn't going to win it. Um, and they wanted everything in place because everybody wants that fight to happen. Like, if it was left that late and they didn't try to make something happen, and WBO had called Usyk Joshua um, and Tyson had won the arbitration and people would be saying, why didn't they start trying to make the fight? We all knew that Tyson was going to win the arbitration. Why didn't they try and make the Fury-Joshua fight before then and speak to the WBO? So you can't win in situations like that. They tried their best to give the boxing fans what they wanted. Unfortunately, the judge ruled the other way. Um, And now Tyson's got to fight Deontay Wilder for a third time. And how does that fight go, Ben? Obviously, I fancy Tyson to win. I think that the dynamic of the fight very may well be completely different. I think that Deontay Wilder surely must have the mindset of three, four rounds is me or you type thing because mm-hmm. every other way he's approached it, he tried to start fast, he tried to start slow and take his time. I think this time it's just going to be a case of I'm letting my hands go, three, four rounds, and if that man's letting his hands go, he's a dangerous man, so... It could be an interesting opening few rounds, but like I said, I believe that Tyson too versatile. And obviously Joshua, he's got to fulfil his mandatory in, in Usyk. Now Usyk uh, is a silky southpaw. You know I mean, he might not have the the power, some say, the up at heavyweight to to hurt Joshua, but he definitely has the skill set to outpoint Joshua. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do think the size factor may be an issue for. Usyk, depending on how Joshua goes about the fight, we've seen him a little bit more on the back foot trying to set traps, varying his lead hand, varying his rhythms, trying to think a little bit more. If he stood in front of Usyk, trying to think with Usyk could be a problem. I think that if he looks to impose himself on Usyk physically um, with a higher pace fight and lets his hands go and doesn't give Usyk time to, to think and to set traps in a little bit more educated way than what Derek Chisora started off the mm. fight as. I think it's a very hard night for Usyk, so it'll be interesting to see how both guys go about it. Yeah, I mean, as a boxing fan yourself, how disappointed are you that we're not getting Joshua Fury? Yeah, obviously everybody's disappointed, but I just think, like like what I said, I just think I'm, I probably suppose I'm not a negative guy, so... Oops. Josh said that he wanted some of what you've got. He said you're the most laid-back, cool, calm and collective character going, but we all get hyped up. It probably might be a jock thing, I don't know, but you know it's what we're like this week. Everybody's just like, you're just so laid-back, but I just think, like, they tried to make the fight. Mm -hmm. No-one was was in control of what the judge ruled, unfortunately. Like, I know... The thing is this, yeah? Joshua's got his fans, Tyson's got his fans, Joshua's got his team, Tyson's got his team. The thing is, that side's going to say, oh, he never wanted it, it was a load of bollocks, it was this, it was that, like, 
You're going to get all that. Tyson's side is going to say whatever. The reality is, of course both sides wanted to make the fight. Who wouldn't want to make the fight? If you're, if you're a prize fighter and you're fighting for that amount of money, who don't want to fight? Simple as that. That's the reality of it. No one was in control of what the judge ruling was. And unfortunately, um, they ruled against what the boxing world wanted. It was out of people's control. So, yeah, I'm disappointed. But at the end of the day, you know, it was clear to see that everybody attempted to try and make the fight happen the best that they could. And God willing, they both come through the next fights and we can hopefully see it at the end of the year. One final one on Josh then. What's next for this kid? I mean, Terence Crawford, Jack Carroll, mandatory in Edinburgh, at the Easter Road or the Castle, maybe even Teofimo Lopez. If he moves up, I mean, he's got a lot of options, Josh, but uh, I might put you on the spot here, but who would you like to see him in with? Um, I don't really know, you know, I've not been looking too far forward because it was a huge fight ahead of us. I suppose, like you say, he's got a lot of options, have to see what, what MTK and Top Rank come up with. Like you say, I know that the Jack Cattrall is mandatory for the WBO, mm -hmm. is it? Um... So, but like you say, Terence Crawford's looking for an opponent. The Teofimo Lopez fight, in my opinion, doesn't make sense whatsoever because the fight would be sold as two undisputed champions, but he's not undisputed champion. He beat Lomachenko, fantastic win um, and a great performance, but that didn't make him undisputed because Devin Haney's the WBC world champion. Um, it's almost a case as too many belts in, in boxing, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of them, like, Devin was the WBC champion. P people have a problem with the fr this franchise belt, yeah? But Lomachenko was the franchise champion, wasn't he? Mm. Got, so now all of a sudden the franchise belt is the one that makes you undisputed. I don't know, but um, that doesn't make sense to me. Like I say, fantastic win against Lomachenko, but that fight alone didn't make him undisputed, unfortunately. So that fight, in my opinion, doesn't make sense for Josh. Um, unless it was big, 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 big money because... He's on the same promotional company. The Crawford fight, you know, you're fighting for hitting the top three pound for pound, winning that, you know? Mm. And obviously big money against a big name um, and a former undisputed 140 pounder as well. Like, that makes sense. Mm. Um... Catchall's WBO mandatory, so of course, you know, that's a you have to do it type job. Um, but like I say, it's not I am I'm, I'm less involved in that uh area with Josh. I'm his coach and we'll have to see what MTK and top rank come up with. Talked about the pound for pound list to keep the shot. Where do you rank Josh then? I don't know. I don't know. Top five? Um I think you have to, because of the way that he's dominated that, the way that he's dominated that 140 pound division. It's not been a case of our boxing, hang on for a little bit, have a couple. And one combined. Yeah, like not only that, I think that it's the fact that he's boxed. He's he's not boxed this guy. Oh, big fight! He's beat this fella. Oh, I'll have a couple. See how he looks in a fight or two. Right, let's have him. It's been a case of in the WBSS. Um, that's who you got to fight. That's who you got to fight. That's who you got to fight. What? 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 Drove straight through him. Um, Simon top rank straight into the 
well, obviously he had the Kong Song IBF mandatory fight, wiped him out in a, a couple of minutes, straight in with Ramirez and, and just done that. Mm -hmm. So it's the fashion that he's done it in, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that's an interesting one. But the 140-pound division, there's only one fight left that I'd like to see in the 140-pound division. Hit me. Ramirez and Progre. Mm. I'd like to see that fight. Mm -hmm. I would like to see that fight. I think it'd be a great fight. Well, hopefully, if Josh moves up, vacates and belts, they can get it on and fight for one of them, but yeah, who knows? True. That's true, that's true. But even if not, that's the way to find out who number two is, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Um, and I just think it'd be a great fight. Well, I know. We're looking at Ramirez. He likes to fight. He's not shy. And I know who just progress. He's he's not shy away from the fight, and he he would love to fight Ramirez as well uh, if that fight came along. But I know we're about to go and get something to eat. Yeah, we've just you've just arrived at the hotel. So one final word. I know you've got some boxers back home. Lee McGregor, he was here, but um, Shabazz and Lee Wood and all them, and uh, they must be itching to get back out as well. So you'll be itching to get back to Harlow yeah, and get back to the boys. When are you back? When are you back? So, but I'll be back. Um, fly back on the Sunday. So, but Barry. Smith's there taking the lads over um, so they're all still in training brilliant to see and also two prospects from the GB um, squad Will Cawley and Mark Dickinson um, turning over soon I think Mark just got his licence on the weekend actually so yeah exciting okay. times as well Hey Ben should we go and get this, uh, some food and uh because my belly's rumbling during this interview, so let's go and get some food and uh, get pished. Get pished, eh? Get pished. Welcome, uh, yeah. Uh, Get pissed at the Hingway. Let's get pissed at the Hingway. There she is, learning, man. That's what I like to see. Ben, thank you so much for that. You can see. Oh, mate, you're nailing, you're nailing this. Scottish, Scottish yeah. Mick, Mick, Mick Davison. There we go. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy, man, and uh, let's go get some food. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Billy. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.